1: Jonathan Sanborn, and Lisa Jernigan. And hello again! Thank you so much for tuning in to Counterculture. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Lisa. Good to see you, Lisa.
2: It's been a little while. It has been. I know.
1: You know, I had like this little stint where I was do- thinking about a career change in the circus.
2: Oh my gosh! Why doesn't that surprise me? So, what 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 is your new stint? If You're, you were going to reimagine, well,
1: ever since COVID, yeah. You can't clown, the, put the clowns in the clown car anymore. <laughs> Fauci just shut us down. I know. I like. We used to climb all in there and all, not worry. I think a problem in the world, but the rules just don't let clowns. all pile all in in oh the car gosh. anymore.
2: <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, I, I gotta to our guest Joel. I'm so sorry. You, you, you had no idea what you're walking into this morning. <laughs> <I'm> fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, as you know, counterculture is a show about we try to we go off the beaten path and try to find those practitioners and doers of compassion and 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 unity. People, Absolutely, people who are fi- who are bringing people together, stepping in into the mess, and mm-hmm. really making a difference in this world. And so, I again, I, I say this every time, but I do love that opportunity because I get to. Either find people who I've known and love or get to meet new people like our new ga- our guest here, who and now he's a he's now he's a good friend. So so I'd like to introduce uh, Joel Trout. Ho- welcome, Joel. Thank you, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to be here today. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. And okay, this I'm is-
2: sitting here listening to these two radio voices <laughs> going back and forth here. <laughs> <Come on now. laughs> listen. I
1: you know I'm I'm a couple years in, and I realized I had to. I'm not even the same league as Joel. Look at that voice. Come on now,
2: <laughs> right? Damn. Right oh my gosh. Uh,
1: so, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So, so okay. I, this isn't on his. It wasn't on his bio. But then he starts talking. It's like he has must have done something in radio. Yes. Twenty five years pastoring and leading nonprofits. You manage prisoner reentry in California. You were in San Diego, right? Yes. Okay, and you were also hosted
0: a radio show on a sister station, K Praise, KPRZ, twelve ten a.m. In, in 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 San Diego. San Diego, that is something else for about twelve years. <laughs> wow, so that's incredible. It's wonderful to be on a sister station. So yeah, Salem, I love the network. Well. Oh, we oh. do, too. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so welcome. Yes. I mean,
2: welcome to the Valley. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Salem. We're just kind of moving across the state line.
0: Um, a month and a, a week, actually, has been. Really? But I guess I came at the perfect time of year. You did. And uh, everyone's been warning me. But I just, I feel so at home here. Really? Okay. Yes. Just with the the people, the pl- the surroundings are very... Close to San Diego in so many ways, without the water. Right. But there's such a a warm embrace that I've received, especially from House of Refuge, Sunny Slope. Yeah. So it's made it much easier for me.
1: Well – I think it seems like maybe it's the grass is always greener because it seems like ha- half the people in or, you know, in Phoenix want to either be in San Diego or live in San Diego. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and they go to San Diego. They go in the summer. to San
1: Diego. You can meet old friends on the beaches oh, there. Sure. From you know
0: U- until the bill for their mortgage and the rent comes in. Yeah, that's right. I promise you, <laughs> it's it's like half here. Wow, half here to the Diego. Literally, I experienced that myself. Wow. It's it's gotten so out of control. Wow! And it's increased the homelessness problem there yeah. exponentially. Mm-hmm. So God placed Phoenix in my spirit two years ago. I actually did a home Bible study here at an Airbnb. Really? Okay. And arranged it and set it up, and a few people came out. And then in these last two years, it kind of left me. But in November of last year, I had a Tremendous car accident. Almost was killed. My My face was fractured. My jaw was wired for a month.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: So the whole month of December, God just began to download, and He put Phoenix back in my spirit. I sent out resume. I'm like, okay, God, and I got a call from Julie Suppley at House of Refuge Sunny Slope. Okay, here's an amazing connection point. Little did I know that someone on the board of directors at House of Refuge had heard me preach at their church Really, 20 <laughs> wow. years ago. Oh, my goodness. Had no idea that someone on the board already knew me. So wow. certain things you, you can't plan and do yourself. It, it shows you God's, God's fingerprints. Yeah. On You're like,
2: it. okay, God, you have my attention. It's, yes,
0: yeah. So I believe I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm always – this a little aside, but I'm always amazed the God who goes before us. Yeah. And you know like he's preparing things 10 years from now or 20 or more. And He just – he's so thoughtful of the future. And I mean I, I can only see
0: – you know I, I can't think an hour ahead. And he's already got things laid out. Yeah. So, so why should we worry? God is playing chess – With us, we're playing checkers in life. Yeah. (laughs) God will make a move that you don't understand now in anticipation of a move 10 moves away. Yeah. Yeah. So I've learned over the years, I'm learning to trust him. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's got our future all planned out for us.
2: Yeah. And it's kind of fun when you look back and you see the details. You're like, oh, okay, now that makes see, sense.
0: Yes. I so. couldn't
2: see that at the time. And you just see how he orchestrated certain things. And, and sometimes you just have to buckle your seatbelt and go, this is a wild ride. See,
1: here's what, though, you know, I, I, I played chess a little bit. And then I went to Russia. I thought I was pretty good. <laughs> then I I started sat down with this guy. Apparently he was in I didn't know he was in competition, but he was quite good. So I so we started having a fun, friendly game. Nice Christian guy. So I touch a piece. He goes, "You don't want to do that."
2: Seriously, <laughs> he he
1: knew all the potential moves that what I was about to do, wow. and I kind of want God to. Sort of know, you don't want to do. Right. <laughs> he, he probably he does. He does. He. I mean, but it's just something. It was just. It was right. so nice just to know.
2: You really yeah, don't want to do yeah. that.
1: I mean, this the Russian still destroyed me in the, like five moves, but. You know, it was so funny. He was he very kind me, about he it. let me breathe for a, couple, right? a few moves so I get a little cocky, and then yeah. he destroyed me. <laughs> but, Joel, this is exciting. I want to hear all about your – Well, if you might – like, why do you have a heart for the homeless?
0: Well, I'm going to tell you something. Um, everyone on our staff has what we call lived experience. Mm. So we we are credible messengers there. Um in all of my life, I never would have imagined that I would have experienced homelessness. And I sure enough did. Mm. Mm. And I had made a move back to San Diego and I was renting a space from a guy until I got settled. And one day he just came to me and said, I want the space back and I'm going to rent it to someone else, one of my friends. So I was literally on the street, had everything in my car, in my trunk, and I had a job, but I was homeless. Mm. Mm. And I had to navigate this finding a place to sleep at night, putting trash bags, black trash bags, around my windows to make sure that I had privacy. Wow. Get up in the morning, six o'clock. I had a key to the office. I worked at a mortuary. And I would go in, take a bird bath, iron my clothes on the chairs go back to my car, walk into the job at 8 o'clock as if there was no problem, and they never knew that I was homeless. Wow.
2: How long did you do that?
0: I did that for probably about a month to two months, Mm -hmm. but it just gave me such a a lived experience. Sure. And I pastored for many years, so we were very active in the community and and helping and serving, Mm. but then it actually befell me and uh so i've I'm, I'm a credible witness mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an incredible messenger especially dealing with people in this space i also have done prison reentry so the lord has a way of 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 connecting you to people you know i've experienced what apostle paul said i've been a bound and i've been a base mm-hmm. i've had much and i've suffered mm-hmm. need so mm-hmm. I've had it all and lost it all and getting it back. Yeah. And so in that, you learn how to relate and connect with all people. Yes. And so I've just been in that space intently, um, especially in California in the re- <gasps> reentry, prison reentry. And You would think that's as far down as you can go. But then when you talk about homelessness, that takes away everything from you, mm. in, any sense of direction and order in life. It's the scourge of our time, considering that that once was the American dream.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And now all over the country, what you're hearing about more and more, and these are not your typical, many times planned types of uh, homelessness. Right. Uh, we have a young lady in our program right now. She has a job working for the Department of Economic Security. Yeah, (laughs) She has a job there. Wow. But the people that owned her apartment building wanted to turn it into an Airbnb. Mm. She had 30 days, and she has a child. She had to leave, and so she's calling 211 and everywhere to get a place. Thank God she found us. But the beauty about that was that all this time she was working for the Department of Economic Security, mm-hmm. she was a functioning drug addict. Wow. Mm-hmm. So guess what? To get into our program, you have to submit to a drug test. Yeah. So she was on says, Oxycontin, all types of mm-hmm. drugs, and functioning. When she got to our program, thank God her testimony is now... She didn't realize God was using that homelessness to clean her yeah. mm. from the drug addiction. Wow. Mm. And so now she's actually thankful for the, the bout with homelessness mm-hmm. uh, because it was used to clean her life.
2: Whew. Yeah.
0: That's
1: powerful.
2: That is powerful.
1: I worked at DES as well. So I've walked down those <laughs> you know, cubicles and those I know. Lots of people, lots yeah. of people there, and you just you don't know their story, you don't know any really anyone's story, and you right. think, well, if you just had a job, you're you know just right like the you know the people who drive by homeless people and then yell at them to get a job, you know,
0: <laughs> right? It, it and many breaks of my them heart. Are working.
1: Yeah, many of them are working. Well,
2: we have this ideal of what we think a homeless person. We we, yeah. f- we think we know their story, right? You're lazy, or you have mental illness, or you did this, and a lot of them, you know, the things we're learning that's breaking my heart even today is like people can have a job and and working hard but they have like health the medical bills mm-hmm. are piling up because they can't make that they're not able to meet their mortgage they're becoming homeless houseless unsheltered but they have a job like you said and it doesn't kind of fit with what we've
0: mm-hmm.
2: always thought it was so have you seen like even with just the recent you know since since covid but even now with our economy is is that demographic changing? Are you seeing more need? Are you seeing even the needs differently? Like if there's more um, single moms? Because I know you guys are a shelter for both, men and women.
0: Yes. There is a growing critical need in this space. And uh, it's, it's exploding. It's an exploding problem. Um, there used to be a time when people were homeless and they would lay on the street or they'd sleep in their cars. Now – they're buying tents,
1: mm-hmm. normal
0: camping tents that you would normally go out camping with. Well, now that is the 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 home. That's their life, and yeah. they're using those now for a home. So you have tent cities now. Mm-hmm. Yes, we see them, yeah. yeah. Exactly. One of the problems we have is that we're getting a lot, especially with our men that are calling, and they'll say, well, we're clean because we do a, a an interview with them on the phone. Mm-hmm. Can you pass a drug screen? Oh, yes, yes, yes. In a typical week, Mike will come and tell me, I had 10 guys come down, only one passed the drug test. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what's happening? We have legalized drug use. Now, think about that. So it's legal, and now that's one of our requirements. Because we've noticed this. The government solution is to throw money Mm-hmm. at these issues mm-hmm. and, and they feel good about themselves say we spent 40 million on homeless issues they're actually renting out hotels and giving these people space in hotels they have EBT cards they have money so they're trashing the hotels mm-hmm. and using drugs and all that because the government doesn't attach accountability mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. in our program there's accountability attached to having a beautiful place to stay. These are high-quality residences, and I I invite you to come and walk in our residences. People are amazed at how clean and professional-looking they are, but we attach accountability to having the place. Mm -hmm. The problem is growing because you've got mental illness, you've got drug use, Mm -hmm. you have the high prices of property, you have sickness all these things are like converge to make this perfect storm mm-hmm. that creates homelessness mm-hmm. so we we have a niche we're not a shelter mm-hmm. uh we're not a crisis house our our niche is that if you want sustainable housing and to transition into permanent housing and you're willing to stay off of drugs and work mm. So the critical piece is that you can come in unemployed, but within two weeks you have to have a job. Mm-hmm. And you pay a, a nominal fee of $140 for the men when they start in our dorm and then $160 a week. But you get this beautiful place to stay. There's dignity because you have a place, for example, guys get drives home from work and a guy will drop them off, a coworker, but they're not dropping them off at a, at a shelter. They're dropping them off in a neighborhood Mm -hmm. at a home. Right. So there's no big sign that says transitional housing. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, this this is my home. So the beautiful niche that we have is that they get food every day. We have tons and tons of food, almost 200,000 tons of food donated per year. Wow. Wow. And we get so much that we actually donated out to other programs mm. to the point that we really don't even have to shop for it because the, through the food program, we're able to do everything. I mean, meats, vegetables, mm. starch, everything. So you get a, a meal every day that's prepared. We have, we have donors who come in, volunteers who fix the food for them. Churches. We have churches and groups. We had a Christian motorcycle group. Awesome. Last Friday. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Coming. Are you in that, Lisa? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I was wondering about that. That,
2: Did you see me? I
1: have. I've never asked about the tattoo,
0: and you haven't told me.
2: Well, the leather jacket. (laughs) That didn't give it away. (laughs) No, it
0: didn't. (laughs) There you go. So it's just a a real unique space, and they get devotional each night. Mm. Yeah. And they do Celebrate Recovery. Mm. Everybody has to go through Celebrate Recovery, yeah. which is a Christian version of AA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except we we don't attach uh, the unknown being or higher power. It's Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So. yeah. But same principle. Yeah. Fantastic.
2: Well, you know, what, what's so great about what you're saying is, is a lot of times we see these crises. And like you said, the solution, the easy solution is throw money at it. But it doesn't develop the person, it doesn't honor and restore dignity, it doesn't it doesn't create transformation in lifestyle that's sustainable. It just does a quick fix. And so to do something that's more holistic in nature what you're doing takes time. And we as a as a culture are just like we want a quick fix and move on to something else. So your process of dealing with the whole person. Yes. You know, from getting them whether they're off getting them off drugs and helping them find a home and helping them feel good about their humanity, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then and what's beautiful is you're changing generations because as they get then the generations after them they're they're stopping cycles even in their own family. Mm-hmm. And so how do we think? And that's just a good thing for just the church at large to think about too. How do we how do we see people holistically and how do we how do we try to meet those needs instead of just quick fixes which People just throw money at things, and it and, and makes, makes us feel good, but it's really not yeah. helping the situation.
0: That's the government method.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, of course, when you have the government involved, which is one of the reasons why we don't have the government involved, to tell us what we can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we apply these principles, and, and it's in these three terms, love, period, house, period, and equip. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's the simplicity of what we do. We love people. We embrace them unconditionally. And, and we get their story when they come in. They let us know. Because one of our questions is, how did you get here? Mm-hmm. There's a thing called motivational interviewing. Mm-hmm. When you're talking to people, you ask them open-ended questions. And you ask some questions that will help them come to the aha moment. You know, how did that work for you? What did you get out of that lifestyle? And so as they're coming to those understandings of why they did what they did and what it did for them or against them, they come to the conclusion that this, is, this has to be my goal. I didn't give it to them. Often in this space, people that are providers, we want sometimes we want it more for them than they want it for themselves. Success. and And that doesn't always lead to success. So. We try to bring them to a point of coming to that moment. You know, repentance is having a mind, a desire to change. That's what it is. I have a desire to change. I can't change for you. So um, in that process, we also daily are doing devotionals. They do more Bible studies than I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm a preacher and teacher. (laughs) 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 They have more Bible studies than I do. Every day. And then on the weekends, we have churches that come and pick them up. So it's it's really a sequestered environment, although they all go to work every day. So they're, they're being equipped while they're living it out in the world and being tempted. Right. But guess what? They get random drug testing throughout. Mm-hmm. So... They know. they know. They don't know when it's going to happen, when or the day or the hour when the drug tale shall come. But the fellowship, the camaraderie, the testimonies, all of that encourages them to stay on the straight or whatever calls me to reach this place of homelessness. Mm-hmm. I got a supportive group of people that are rooting for me to succeed. Wow.
2: Well, and that so, safe community is everything, Yeah. right? To do it that with them that yeah. you feel like, okay, other people get me; they're on the journey along with me; they accept me, and yeah. There's,
1: there, you have what I I see is such a mature response to the homelessness. Yeah, what you're talking about, and it's an understanding that comes out of scripture that it, it's rooted in an understanding of human nature, of human dignity, of what it, people say they're loving. But they don't understand. It's not a wise approach to loving. We can, mm-hmm. yeah. It's nice to be compassionate, but if if you don't have the right understanding of human nature, <laughs> and you you detach that from community and your dignity, you know, you're just gonna you're gonna go awry. But you're talking a, a complete approach,
0: Jonathan. We call it grit and grace. Mm. Grit and grace. Yeah, you have got to have both. You know, some people they they've got the grace, but. There's also time when you need to apply grit. Mm. When people need to recognize, oh, there are consequences if I do so. If you rescue people from every consequence, they'll never learn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So our program managers really apply that balance. There are some times when we have to let someone know was well, not a good fit right now because you didn't stay up on the case plan. Mm-hmm. The case plan was no drugs.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: But guess what? Some have come back and said thank you cuz I needed someone to finally tell me what I needed to do. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: So as we wrap up our time, you know, House of Refuge Sunny Slope, just for those who don't know. Sunny Slope is a is a is a, right next to Phoenix. It's part of Phoenix. It's a lower income kind of rougher area of town and your your ministry House of Refuge is located right there. Right there and, and
0: outside they and come in. How can uh, our listeners connect to the work that you're doing? Wonderful. We do have a website, and uh, you can go to dot com. Also, you can call us at 602-678-0223. We have an Explore and Engage tour on March 23rd from 5.30 to 6.30 where you can actually tour the facilities, Mm -hmm. see the operation, and find a place where you can volunteer, Mm. you can help feed, you can be a mentor at a dinner table, you can do child care. So you can donate clothes, furniture, whatever. But there are so many ways that you can help us. Uh, meet the need in this community. Joel, thank you so much thank for you. being on our show. Yeah. You're, you, you blessed us. You blessed
1: our listeners.
2: And love your passion. L- yes. Thank you. And I,
1: I got a feeling this won't be your last time on radio. Again. I hope <laughs> I <did> not.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: God bless you and your ministry in the House of Refuge, Sunny Slope. God bless you. Much appreciated. Thank, thank you. you, everyone. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture Culture is made possible by Amplify Peace educating, immersing, training, and launching peacemakers to build united communities.
2: No matter how you connect with Allstate, you're in good hands. You'll find all our discounts for all your home and auto insurance needs online or by calling 888-ALLSTATE. Discounts vary by state and are subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.